right, well, this summer we are in a series within the Proverbs, and we're calling it Family Vacation. We're just kind of playing on that uh, idea that during the summer we take our family vacations. But what does it look like to be the family of God? What, what does it look like as we're traveling this road, this life that we are meant to travel as we serve the Lord, as we live our lives for Him? And so that's what we're looking at. And uh, we will continue to do that. Uh, I mentioned before, we'll be uh, at the annual meeting, and then we're going to take some time and explore Southern California. So next Sunday, we won't be here. And so, but we have, uh, we have some great guys coming to speak and lead worship. And I want to show that image. I was supposed to do that earlier. I shouldn't have told you that. You wouldn't have never known. But, you know, I'm just, I try to be honest and transparent. So we have... Uh, Two of our Georgia Baptist Mission Board um, uh, personnel coming in to fill in for us. Andy Childs, he is uh, over our region for pastor wellness. Uh, they've been uh, such a blessing to us as pastors and ministering to us and encouraging us. And then our guest worship leader will be Ron Carter, who is the, uh, the worship catalyst for all of Georgia. And so we got, we got some of the best of the best coming in to be with you next week. So... Don't miss it. It'll be fun. It'll be great. And they're going to continue that family vacation series as well. Uh, Andy is going to preach uh, on, I think it's Proverbs 27. I know the title of it is Reflections. So you be here as they share. We're going to continue that series for a couple months, uh, talking about the wisdom from God and how we live our life on this road, in our travels, if you will. Um. Now, we talked last week about a path, all right? And uh, I hope that that wasn't just a kid's uh, sermon for you, and it was intentionally a kid's sermon, but I pray God taught you something there in, in, in the visuals, uh, that you and I, we all live our life, and we must follow the straight path of the Lord and not converge off on our own in that. Well, today we're going to talk about as we travel along the road, we're going to speak about and understand how we talk to one another and how that matters so much. How we converse on our trips, on this, in this thing called life is very, very important. Scripture tells us that we are commanded to be careful what our mouths speak about especially in how we deal with others. I learned it as a, as a child, and I'm sure you did too, in song form. Usually that's, we teach kids songs, and that helps us uh, learn. We, we were just at camp all this week, and we learned uh, Jeremiah 32, 17, and we learned it through song. So they're still doing it, and it's wonderful. And we learned the verses, O Lord God, and it had hand motions, right? O Lord, o Lord God, you yourself made the heavens and the earth with the power of your with your great power and with your outstretched arm nothing is too difficult for you we sang that we we learned that jeremiah 32 17 and we sang those songs growing up as well i'm sure you know this one uh, uh and if you do know it you can sing it with me be careful little mouth what you say be careful you can sing it with me mouth what you say for the Father up above is looking down with love. So be careful, little mouth, what you say, right? And then we talked about be careful, little hands, feet, 
right? All those things as well. You, you, you're tracking with me, right? You understand what I'm saying, right? We learn those songs to help us remember that. And it's not, sometimes when we learn those cutesy little things, we, we, we push that on our childhood, and we dismiss it for our adulthood. It still matters what our mouths say, doesn't it? It still matters how we speak. Because, yes, the Father above is looking down in love, but He wants us to be loving and kind, especially to those who are of the body of Christ. He wants us to be uh, careful in how we speak. And so we must speak carefully. And in our day, we could use a lot more kindness in our speech, couldn't we? Um, I don't know if it's me getting older and just understanding more things, or if it's just the nature of our world, but it seems, especially with social media, people just talk over and at each, each other so much, and it's unkind, it gets nowhere, it's not productive. And I think we can learn very well that how we speak matters. Let's look at the wisdom found in Proverbs chapter 15, 1 through 4. If you are using one of the pew Bibles, one of the red Bibles in the pew, it's 567. Let's stand to honor the reading of God's Word. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, that red one right in front of you is our gift to you. Please take it and use it as God's Word gives us life. Let's read together. A gentle answer turn away, turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge attractive, but the mouth of fools blurts out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, observing the wicked and the good. The tongue that heals is a tree of life but a devious tongue breaks the spirit. You may, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I think we see four things in this proverb about how we should speak. And I want to help you as you travel the road of life to speak the way we ought to speak. Number one, we see that we should speak gently. We should speak gently. That's what it says. It says, A gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. What we say matters, but how we speak matters maybe even more. It, it definitely matters also. Peter knew it was important. And I want you to see what he said as he was quoting Psalm 34. He said this in 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12. He says, Finally... And he's speaking to the body of Christ, the, the church, the people of God. Finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing since you were called for this so that you may inherit a blessing. For the one who wants to love life and to see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit, and let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. 
Because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. You see, as Christians, especially among ourselves, with other Christians, within the body of Christ, we are to speak in a way that builds up, loves, encourages. Scripture does not tell us that we should... uh, uh, Scripture does tell us that we also ought to point out sin in our lives. It does tell us that, and in the lives of others. And that can be hard, but even that can be done gently and with love. Some will justify speaking harshly with the desire to drive people to holiness. Just so you know, that's not how it works. The Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads us to change and repentance. But Scripture is clear that we should speak the truth in love. It says that in Ephesians 4.15. How we speak to one another matters. We ought to do it gently. We ought to do it to build up. Now, the Bible talks about rebuke and correction. Yes, all of that is there. But if we cannot do those things in a loving manner, we've done them in error. We should want to speak about rebuke and Correction in a way that will lead people to repentance, not lead them further away. Because, as Proverbs tells us, it's a gentle answer that turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. Here we're given a way to stir up anger or to turn away wrath, and it's all in how we say it, all in how we speak. Let us Speak gently. The second thing we see here is that we speak with wisdom. When we use our tongues in this thing called life, we should speak with wisdom in order to lead people to knowledge and, as this passage says, make it attractive. Make knowledge attractive. So how do we speak in wisdom? I can give you a great place to start. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Wisdom comes from telling people about the awesomeness of our God. We speak with wisdom when we are finding out who God is and helping others to find Him as well. It is something that draws people in when we do. There's no sense in speaking in any other way. God's eyes are everywhere. That's what it says. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, observing the wicked and the good. So that that song, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down. God knows. God knows our speech. He knows our heart. He knows what we say and what we mean, and He knows what's behind it, and He wants us to speak gently, to speak with wisdom, so that it can lead people to a place of change, of restoration, bring life into them. And the way we do that, the way we bring wisdom, the way we speak about wise things is to point people to our Lord. The third thing that we see here 
is that words can do a lot of good and words can do a lot of bad. It's easy to use our tongues to put others down or to complain about a situation. Sometimes I've noticed you know, on social media our keyboards or our, you know, whether it's on a device or a computer, are our tongues because we say stuff online we wouldn't say face to face with someone. But the wrong words used in an intentional way can break someone, or the right kind of words used intentionally can bring healing. Look what it says in verse 4 there. The tongue that heals is a tree of life, but a, t a devious tongue breaks the spirit. Y you know the song, speaking of children's songs today, right? Uh, you know, uh, well, it's not a song, it's the, it's the saying, uh, Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right? That's like the greatest lie of all, his, of all human history. And you, we know that. We know that. We say it to try to keep ourselves from not worrying about those things, right? But we understand that how what is said to us, what has been said with, uh, with us, the bruises may heal. The bones may be set and heal again. But man, we remember those words for a lifetime. They hit us at our heart, at our core. The words that someone says to us can break us. It can break our spirit, or they can bring life. I don't know about you, but between the two options, I want to speak words of healing, words of life. Proverbs says it's a tree of life, the one who speaks with healing words, wouldn't you rather speak life-giving words than spirit-breaking words? I want to encourage you in this moment. This is kind of a, a pre-response time response. I want you to think about someone. Bonus points if it's someone you have trouble saying nice things to or about. And I want you to find a way this week to speak life into their lives. What if we did that? What if we, rather than complaining, pointing out error, gossiping, speaking ill of someone, what if we decided, not, to, not today, not this week, and we intentionally set out, remember bonus points if it's someone we know we have a hard time loving, and what if we said, not only about them, but to them, life-giving, healing words. I want you to think about that this week. Who can you speak life to? Who can you speak healing to? I think a fourth thing that we see here, and I'm not sure that it's in this passage per se, but I think it is... It is very easy for us to understand that this is important. And that is that we need to speak like Jesus. We need to speak like our Savior. We won't fail if we use Jesus as our example. Jesus spoke what he needed to speak when he needed to speak it. He also kept quiet when he needed to keep quiet. A gentle rebuke to Peter... 
Do you love me? Feed my sheep. A scathing rebuttal to the Pharisees. You are whitewashed sepulchers. You look beautiful on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. A tender, neither do I condemn you, God. Go and sin no more to a woman caught in sin. That's how Jesus spoke. And so may he be our example. Finally, I think of Jesus' words on the cross when he was being put to death and what he said to those who were piercing his side, to those who, were, who had hung him on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Let us speak as Jesus speaks. Let us say the things Jesus would say. Let's get to know Jesus and his words so clearly that we begin speaking the way he does. Let's take a moment and uh, Jason is going to come and, and begin playing. Can I just be honest with you for a moment? I need this. Me. It's real easy. It's real easy to allow the enemy to cause me to say things I shouldn't say. And my thought and the thing, the thing that's on my mind in this moment is that, and who knows, I, I'm, I'm just a guy that God said, hey, I want to use you in spite of you. I have no business being a pastor. I have no business. And I don't think any, I don't think any of us have any business being called to be used by God if we are honest with ourselves. But for some reason, and you can take this up with God, for some reason, God saw some dweeby 16-year-old and said, I want to use you. I think it's probably because he's like, no one would second guess that I'm doing this. <laughs> the older I get, the more I realize that. So I'm just me. I'm not perfect. If you want a perfect pastor, please don't fire me, but you might want to consider it, right? Please don't. But you see what I'm saying. I need Jesus. And I need his words. And I need him in my life. I need... I need him just to walk and to figure out what in the world I'm doing in my own life, much less to lead people to trust him and understand him and follow him. And I need him. And here's, here's what I'm getting at. And I want to be presumptuous about you. But if he needs me, if, if I need him, and I'm the pastor of a church, my guess is that we all need him. Right? right and my guess is that if I struggle with saying the wrong thing and saying harsh things and listen I have four kids I guarantee you I've said harsh things today that I should have taken back that wasn't really a joke but thank you for laughing <laughs> then my guess is that we all need to ask Jesus to help us 
tame our tongues. So let's take a moment. I finished a little early, believe it or not, okay? Don't get used to it. I finished a little early. So let's take a moment to respond. I don't know what that looks like for you. I can tell you what it looks like for me because I'm convicted really badly in this moment. I'm going right there, and I'm going to ask God to speak for me, and and I'm going to ask him to forgive me for my words. I don't know what that looks like for you. You, That's between you and the Lord. I'm just a man. The Holy Spirit's going to have to deal with, with each of us. But I pray that you would pause for a moment and just say, God, what do you need to do for me? What do I need to do for you? That's maybe a better way to phrase that. So the worship team's going to come. Um, maybe don't sing just yet. Maybe just some music just to get us in that moment of, of um, the thoughtfulness. And then as you, you feel led, just sing following that. I'm going to pray. Do whatever God is leading you to do. Jesus, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray if anyone here today needs to trust you as Savior, Lord, that's still on the table. Let them know that they can work in their hearts and lives. You can still come. If you're out there and you want to trust Jesus, you come. But I pray that we would all ask God to help us speak the way he would have us speak. Lord, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and uh, follow as God leads you?